Welcome into the And the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com. Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. We're taking a look at the fairgrounds late pick four on Saturday for March the 26th. Four grade two stakes races make up this pick four that starts in the ninth and culminates with the Louisiana Derby in race 12. And Jim, we'll start with the New Orleans Classic. Four-year-olds and up and a mile and an eighth on the main track. And you've got uh, probably Olympiad, I'm guessing, is going to be the uh, favorite here off those triple-digit buyers. How do you see the New Orleans Classic? I think Olympiad is going to be the favorite. But I couldn't see. I, I got it down to a two-horse race here. Uh, I mean, I, you can make a case for proxy. But I think that he may be a step below the, the top two that I've got. Uh, I, I could not argue with somebody who bet proxy off his Louisiana form last year as a three-year-old, but he went on the shelf from April to February and came back and won an optional 40 as a prep for this. So maybe Michael Stidham's got him back to where he was. And if he is, he's going to be a contender, but I'm going to stick with the, the two horses on the inside. Olympiad would be my top choice. Those last two buyers, the mind shaft was very impressive. Looks like he wants to go further, but he hasn't gone further. So he has never gone a mile and eight. He's four for seven lifetime. That was his fairgrounds debut in the mine shaft. Everything fits for him. But I think Promise Keeper has a real shot in here off that Razorback prep. Promise Keeper, on the other hand, is two for three at a mile and eight, including a very impressive win last year uh, at Keeneland. And he followed that up with a win in the Peter Pan, and those are both mile and an eighth races, even though Peter Peter Pan was a one-turn mile and an eighth. Pletcher puts Gaffley on on here. Saez is not available. Giroux tried him in the Razorback, got off to a horrible start, was way back. It's not the way a horse wants to run. I think Gaffley on fits the horse better. Promise Keeper has got a big shot in here, and will probably be a much better price than Olympiad. You can make a case for those three, but uh, I'm going to stick with those two. I think you do worse than a one-two exacta box. I ended up, you talked about proxy. That's who I ended up taking a shot with here. Um, I think Olympiad is certainly the uh, the rightful solid favorite, but I think the mile in an eighth is, is the, the only question I really have that causes me to see if I can try to beat the favorite. And I'm going to try with proxy. Um, I like the easy win off the long layoff. And uh, I think the mile and an eighth might be where he could have an edge over Olympiad, perhaps. I like the fact that the horses had five top two finishes at the fairgrounds. And if he improves off that comeback race, then he could be tough here. Got to use Olympiad, obviously. Uh, I'll use Promise Keeper. I'm going to also use Superstock. Uh, just he has two wins at a mile and an eighth, and he's had some sharp works for what will be his second start off a layoff or Asmussen. So I'm going to throw that one into the mix as well and use four when we get to the pick four. But I'm going to try to go with Proxy for the win pick. The Muni's Memorial Grade 2 is next. It's a mile and an eighth on the turf for four-year-olds and up. I took Santon in here. Uh, I thought the... the uh, Race off the layoff was uh, a really good one. Just uh, narrowly beat with his late run, so it makes the second off the layoff. The uh, race on February 19th was a 96 buyer with a strong close. I like Gaffleyon staying on the, on this horse, and um, it's a long stretch there. So I think you know the nine post is not as big an issue at a mile and an eighth at the fairgrounds. Um, Going to use Sacred Life for Chad Brown mainly because 15 of 23 times he's been in the top two. Uh, 40 under, I'm going to use. This horse had a 96 buyer, two back. Don't know what happened last time when he regressed. Maybe it was just too much too soon, but uh, he's in the maker barn now, and I think 
Uh, he, on his best day, might be able to have a shot. And I'm going to use two Emmys who likes the fairgrounds, had the 11 posts last time, uh, runs a little farther and gets a little closer to the rail in the 8 post and maybe even closer if somebody scratches. And um, I think uh, this horse could have a shot in there as well. But I'm going to go with Santon on top. How about you? You got my long shot. I thought you were going to leave him out right there at the end, and you, and you threw him in there, and, and you ruined my surprise. <laughs> I think two Emmys has a huge shot in this race. Now, I don't think he's a single to pick four by any stretch of imagination. But if you just draw a line through that last race, and just what you said, he was in the 11 hole, and they rushed him up to the lead, and it took a lot out of him, and he faded at the end. And I absolutely love to bet a horse back that gets a better post position, that keeps the rider, that may get overlooked in the wager. And he goes off at three to one in the fairgrounds, which is a grade three, and he gets beat. And, you know, they got a 15 to one morning line. He's the same horse that finished first or second and then a half length off in the, in the Bradley for six races in a row. And just because he's got one bad race, a lot of handicappers will overlook this horse. And I think it would be a huge mistake to overlook him. I think he's got the best speed in the race. I think the race gets up much better than the fairgrounds did for him. And I think if he gets 15 to 1, I'm going to bet him to win. The other horses in the race are, I'm going to use both Chad Brown, Sacred Life, and Devamani. Neither one would be a shock to win. Uh, Sacred Life, in particular, comes out of the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, turf the grade one and only got beat by two and a quarter to Colonel Liam. Colonel Liam's in this race, he's three to five. So I think that Sacred Life is a big shot. Devin Money because of Brown. I'm going to use Cavalry Charge simply because he won the fairgrounds at 35 to one. Um, and, and that's a good example. He ran terrible in the Bradley. But if you go back to his last couple races before that at Kingman and Kentucky Downs, he ran very well. And uh, they overlooked him completely in the fairgrounds off a one one bad race uh, in the Bradley, and he comes back and wins. Uh, two Emmys, as we mentioned, and I'm going to use Santon. Um, Santon's been very good. The buyer progression in particular from his three-year-old year to four-year-old, he goes 82, 89, 91, 96. So good race. Value there in two Emmys, I think. Let's go to the 11th race, the Grade 2 Fairgrounds Oaks for three-year-old fillies going a mile and a 16th. You've got the two-year-old champion, Echo Zulu, making her three-year-old debut. She seems to tower over these on form. Can you beat her? You know, the obvious thing is the single Echo Zulu in pick four, and she is the most likely winner. She has everything that you check all the boxes. She's the inside speed, drawn the one hole, got Rosario. Um, she's going to be a favorite for the Kentucky Oaks. So, yeah, Echo Zulu's the favorite. I'm going to take a shot here with a couple other horses that I think are lightly raced, in particular favor, for Todd Pletcher. Um, you don't know how she's going to adapt to the fairgrounds track, but the last two races at, at Gulfstream, although her competition wasn't much, you know, beat a seven-horse field and a six-horse field, she blew them away, three and three-quarters and four-and-a-half that were just basically paid workouts. Does she have a lot more in the tank? I think with Todd Fletcher, there's a good chance that Faber is a live long shot here. I'm also going to use Turner Loose for Brad Cox. She surprised me in the race with Alexandra. I, I didn't think that she was the level of the horses in there, and uh, Giroux ran them down in the stretch, showed a big improvement from last year. Uh, you think, why are they trying a turf horse on the dirt? Well, she ran pretty well in the race with Alexandra. So, um Turner loose again at six to one. You're going to get value if you can beat Echo Zulu. 
Uh, Echo Zulu is not 100% cranked for this. I promise you her goal is the uh, first Friday in, in May. And there's a reason why she hadn't run since November 5th. This filly probably had some derby uh, aspirations, and they couldn't get her ready for, the, for that. And now they got her ready for this one, first time off the layoff. I, I think she's not going to be 100%. Probably is a little bit vulnerable, but um, let's all be good. I'm going to take her on top in here for my pick, but um, you make a good point about you know the late start to her three-year-old campaign. The thing when I look at this, if you, if you drew a line through the past performance block for Echo Zulu and X that out, the rest of them look a lot very similar. I'm going to use a couple of others in, on my pick four and to try to catch a, a price. I'm going to use Hidden Connection, who was really high on last year going into the Breeders' Cup card, and she doesn't seem to have uh, moved forward yet, but I'm going to give her one more shot. And then uh, Berna Breezy has won two of the last three, and you know the numbers are a little light, but nobody's numbers are great other than Echo Zulu. So I'm going to use those two uh, when we get to the pick four to uh, try and uh, really spice up the, the pick four if one of those two could win it. The Grade 2 Louisiana Derby wraps up the late pick four. There's an all-stakes pick five as well. The uh, Louisiana Derby has been stretched to a mile and three-sixteenths now, and you've got Epicenter off the prep, and the, the Risen Stars, likely the solid favorite here, had a 98 buyer figure last time. But I'm going to try to beat him with Zozos. Uh, Zozos, in his first time around two turns, made a big jump on the buyer scale to a 92. If he improves and he can handle this class jump mentally, then he could be right there. He's got uh, inside of uh, he's inside of Epicenter on the draw, got good speed for Brad Cox. This is not a scary bunch, I didn't think. Uh, so it's a bold move by Cox trying to punch this horse's ticket to the derby. But uh, if the horse is as talented as that speed figure jump suggests, then uh, you know you could could certainly take this on. It's not like anybody else in here has run 15 or 20 times or anything. So he's given away experience, but he could offset it with talent. So I'm going to try Zozos here. Um, pedigree says you know that the uh, stretch out in distance is, uh, is something he can manage. It's a lot to ask, and the third start to step this far up in class and step that far up in distance. But um, I'm going to try to beat the favorite, who I thought, you know, just cut everything his own way last time. And I, I bet Epicenter, I, th- I thought he'd make an easy lead and he slowed, a, slowed the pace down and won very convincingly. Maybe he's just, you know, maybe that's who he is and that 98 buyer's, you know, legit and he comes right back with it. But at a short price, I'm going to try to bet that it, uh, he could be vulnerable off a perfect trip last time. Call Me Midnight uh, is uh, a late runner uh, who I think, can't be overlooked here. And I'm going to also use Rattle and Roll. He is a grade one winner from the Claiborne Breeders Futurity at Keeneland last fall. Speed figures uh, have not really you know, improved to the point where he's, he uh, impresses you. But grade one winner, uh, McPeak's uh, barn, I'm going to throw Rattle and Roll in there as well. How do you see the Louisiana Derby? I see it as Epicenter's race to lose, but I like some other horses in here as well. I thought he did get things his own way in the Star. I thought Smile Happy was just getting a race in. Uh, I still think Smile Happy is the best three-year-old that I've seen, and he was just too far out of it. Epicenter had an easy lead, and uh, Rosario nursed him and and put him away in the stretch. This could happen again. Uh, I I don't see in here, I think Zozos, Drew has one 
way to win the race, and that's to pressure Epicenter from the very start. Epicenter's going to get the lead. Zozos is in the two-hole with no speed around him. Calling Midnight's not a quick starter. Silent Power's overmatched in here. Curly Tail has no speed. So it's got to be Epicenter and Zozos at the first call. I don't see any other way unless Pioneer of Medina sends for Todd Fletcher. If that happens, I think it helps Zozos if somebody else runs with Epicenter. I see the race setting up, though, as Epicenter and Zozos possibly burning each other out. In that case, I think it sets up perfectly for Rattle and Row. Rattle and Row was working great lights out going into the Fountain of Youth. And Pete towed a couple of his friends that he really liked his chances. He didn't run in the Fountain of Youth. I don't know what happened. He didn't get off to a great start. He just didn't have didn't fire. But he'd been off for six months. I think he was forward from that one. BJ has the horse in the nine hole. He's going to be in a stalking position if he can keep contact. And I think it sets up a lot like the British Futurity at Keeneland when he came from seven links out of it to win by four and a quarter. Now, if that doesn't happen, if Epicenter gets an easy lead, the, the race is over. But I think you've got to assume that that Cox has got to send Zozos with Epicenter. So I think Rattle and Roll's got a big shot. And Call Me Midnight has a big shot for the same reason. He might be the better closer than Rattle and Roll when he beat Epicenter back in the Lacombe. So I think the, whole, the race isn't as simple as it looks on paper. And so I'm going to go four deep at least when we get to pick four. So what's your pick four ticket look like? Nice segue, right? My pick four is 60 bucks. So going to use one, two in the New Orleans Classic with Thomas Keeper and Lindsay at one, two. Going to go deep in the, um, the Muniz with two, three, four, eight, nine. Don't have a real good feeling for that. I think this is a wide open race. And then I'm going to put some horses with Echo Zulu in the uh, Fairgrounds Oaks, and we use one, two, three, Echo Zulu, Turner Loose in favor. And then the four horses I mentioned in the last race, Zozo's Call Me Midnight, um, Epicenter, and Rattle and Row for two, three, six, nine. So the ticket looks like one, two, with two, three, four, eight, nine, with one, two, three, with two, three, six, nine for $60. I am going to uh, go with three horses in the first leg. I'm going to leave out Promise Keeper and... Uh... I end up kicking myself, but I'm, I don't want this ticket to get too expensive. We generally try to keep it around, you know, the 50 to 75 range, and I'm going to get above that if I go four deep in the New Orleans Classic. So I'm going to go two, three, five, Olympiad, Superstock, and Proxy, then two, five, eight, nine in the uh, Muniz Memorial. And I did I, originally my ticket. I didn't have two Emmys, and you make a, a really good case for uh, adding two Emmys. So I took added two Emmys, took Promise Keeper off. I'm going to use three in the Fairgrounds Oaks, one, four, and six. Those other two price horses I uh, mentioned behind the what's going to be the overwhelming favorite, Echo Zulu. And then two, three, six, nine on the back leg. So that's uh, three by four by three by four. I believe that should be a $72 ticket for uh, 50 cents. If you want a single Echo Zulu, then you cut it down dramatically down to $24, and then you could add Promise Keeper in the in the first leg. So um, maybe you play two tickets and uh, single Echo Zulu and, and add in Promise Keeper. But I think there is a, a chance in these races that uh, somewhere along the way to, to catch a, a bit of a price, and you know this is not going to be life-changing score, but it could be a decent uh, pick four. If you could, especially if you could get somebody like Echo Zulu beat, uh, or uh, maybe even Epicenter. So it's an interesting card. Lots of stakes races. You got the Dubai World Cup. Uh, you've got um, some other great racing around the country that you can 
take advantage of. And so next weekend really ramps up with the Florida Derby and the Arkansas Derby and the Jeff Ruby Stakes. But uh, here we've got a great card at the Fairgrounds Gym. And then uh, people can bet the Dubai World Cup through Keeneland Select and at the Red Mile in Lexington as well, right? They can. Uh, they can actually bet it uh, uh, on Friday if oh. you if you want. Uh, so if you can't get up at 7.30 in the morning, you can bet it. If you go to Keeneland Select uh, on Friday, it will be available. And then also at the Red Mile, advanced wager are going to be available. Uh, we'll open up at 7.30 with the, at the Red Mile with the um, – Self-service available, and uh, World Cup doesn't go off until around noon. But uh, they have a lot of early races, including the UAE Derby, which is derby prep. So horses leading into hoops. Nice way to spend a Saturday. Uh, Thanks to uh, all of you for tuning in. For Jim Goodman, I'm Tom Leach, and that's it for the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.